You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. I really love you, and I mean you. The star above you, crystal talking about Sid Barrett, the Madcap Laughs. In the room, I have Rob, Hi. Ben, Ha-ha. Adam, Ho-ho. and John. <laughs> the Madcap Laughs is the debut studio album by the English singer-songwriter Sid Barrett. It was released on the 3rd of January 1970 on Harvest Records. And the producer is Sid Barrett, Peter Jenner, uh, Malcolm Jones, David Gilmore, and Roger Waters. The genre is psychedelic folk, folk rock, and psychedelic rock. And I'm going to read from the book Gareth Thompson. Precisely what does Sid Barrett's legend rest on? For starters, he was the artist behind Pink Floyd's remarkable debut, The Piper at the Gates of Dawn, and like Kenneth Grammer's book that Piper title sprang from, Barrett infused his work with charming English whimsy, cosmic paganism, and then there is the reclusive painter reputation, the history of LSD mingling with mental illness. For after his departure from Pink Floyd, Sid's solo career was brief and erratic. Recorded over a few days, which I don't think that's correct. Mm-hmm. Madcap sounds hastily prepared, as implied on the false start of If It's In You. Indeed, without the help from Roger Waters and David Gilmore, it might never have surfaced. Barrett's guitar playing is patchy. His voice is often a tuneless wail. You hear the rustling of lyric sheets being turned mid-song, yet the album's eastern-tinged melodies and eccentric English pop inspired a host of rock mystics, including... Julian Cope. Uh, there are moments of genius, naturally dark globe with its fabulous lyric and hammered waltz chords is gripping and late night where gentle percussion checks Barrett's excesses features lovely slide guitar played with a cigarette lighter. Elsewhere, there is an eerie setting of excerpts of James Joyce's poetry in golden hair and the spontaneous catchy here I go. Depression, schizophrenia, and other forms of mental trauma are forever misunderstood and misdiagnosed. Sid Baird only gave us a few hours of intensely recorded creativity, but history affords him the contentment of a man who left his mark. All right, what do we think of The Madcap Last by Sid Baird? I liked it a lot. I tell you what, I didn't think I was going to like this, and I did. I don't like it at all. I thought I, I was going to like, like it. it. I did not. Yeah. Man, Discuss. I, I hear... I hear David Bowie all over this. What what is to come? Like with Bowie stuff, um, it sounds like I it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a guy who's he's he's gone. <laughs> he he is not doing well. Um, his friends came in to try to help him out to do the recording, 
Um, they did their best, like, but like, even like when the like the who's playing drums on on a lot of these Jerry things? Jerry Shirley of Humble Pie. He's a fucking badass, mm-hmm. but he can't keep up with what Sid's trying to do. Like, no there's, one can. There's no. herky jerky stops and starts. Stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. It's I, my first that's... thought when I heard this was, and it was interesting to hear the books take. I thought it was like a demo or something. Yeah, because it's so badly put together like um and very um this is the best that that pink floyd could could yeah. could somehow cobble together what yeah, Sid yeah. was trying could, to do he would only be he could only be productive like when when he was like on an upswing yep. and they'd get as much done as they could yeah and you know and then they'd have to like go on hiatus i you know i think that records like this benefit from the big characters that are you know, the center because like the story is so much better when you hear what's going on than just hearing the album. The album to me sounds like, like a teenager trying their hand at writing songs for the first time. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't, I think the songs sound kind of lazy. They're lazy. And it sounds like undeveloped, undeveloped, getting high. And then like, like doing these songs, like maybe the person's like going to be creative someday, but like, they're not there yet. And, like, it really did, like, that was my first thought was, like, this is, like, an early songwriter trying to do something but not getting it yet. And, like, I'm fascinated. I think that, like, if he had not contributed to Piper That Gets a Dawn, nobody would care about this. Yeah, and I I feel like if he wasn't Pink Floyd affiliated, no one would revisit and sort of, like, He would have never gotten into a recording studio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even if he had gotten into the studio and made this record, I don't know. I just don't. I think I'm. Just, I guess I'm saying that like the the mystic kind of quality of the figure is bigger than the art, and like to me, that's not enough. But. I, I'm I'm a little tired of having albums that are based on a personality and a story instead of the music. Yeah, you know, like McCartney. McCartney, not very good. Hmm. You know, and you're just you're taking. You're taking the background and the things that are going on and giving them weight to make it a better album, which is not it's not fair to say it's a good album. Yeah, it's the No, it's things that must be considered though. Like, oh yeah. when critiquing a piece of art. Yeah. You know? It's that, tricky because it's like sometimes like great story is like all that need you need to titillate you, but it's just I I struggle with that sometimes be, with music specifically, because it's like with art, you can you can look at the painting and then you can hear like the story about the artist, and that can be fascinating and interesting. But like, you can kind of still make the choice. Like I like the artist, but I don't love this painting. Uh, it's not my favorite work of theirs, maybe because they have a bigger body or something of, of work. But like with this, it's like, I'm in, very interested in, you know, interesting characters making records, but, but it doesn't mean that it's like great songs, like that are well crafted or well recorded or well performed. I, I I'd argue there's a lot of really brilliant song work in this. What do you like? I'm curious yeah. which songs you like. I, I honest to God, guys, like I don't think there's a bad song on here. Wow. I, I, like it, it, it every single one of these wow. things tickled my ears in a weird way. And yeah, it's it is a lot of it is he's he's out of his fucking mind. Yeah. Like if you listen to the extended songs on this, you can actually hear him not be able to keep it together trying to sing these like harmonies that don't actually exist and just like it's so it's it's heartbreaking like hearing him struggle but like again that. you're talking about the figure and the illness like it seems like that's what you're interested in a lot of times too. no i'm i'm interested oh. in the songs like there i think there are great hmm. great tracks on here i really like no uh, man's land i think that's just a good straightforward garage rocker 
I liked No Good Trying. I mean, out of everything. I thought Here I Go was really funny. I, the, it, it takes one of those hard left turns, kind of like in Dust Till Dawn. Like the, <laughs> the, 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 the first half of the song is about like a, a girl who doesn't like him anymore because there's a bigger band that has bigger songs. So he writes her a song and he goes over to her house to play it. And she's not there, but her sister is. And her sister wants to hear the song. And then the rest of the song is just his love affair with the sister. <laughs> Have you guys heard the Psychic TV cover of uh, No Good Trying? No. Yeah. I have not. Oh, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, no, I I, I I had forgotten who Sid Barrett was. Like when this when this album came into my ears. Like I, I, mm. I, after like looking it up and like doing a little bit of research, I was like, oh yeah, he's he was the guy that showed up at you know that uh, wish you were here recording, oh, and yeah. like he was three hundred pounds, and they had no idea who he was. Mm-hmm. Completely shaved face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eyebrows, eyebrows included. You even try You would hold another hand Oh, understand They even see me under cold We under all, we all full of crawl To hear my heart Don't see me cry just searching, you even try. I can make you smile. If it's I, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to play around in, like someone's misery or anything. But no, I, I think there's actually like really excellent ideas in in the slop, and it, it's slop. Like yeah, you know, he, I think he, he can he can barely strum a guitar. I think that carries me over into the I'm not into it is because. The idea is great, you know. I can I can hear that rough sketch and you know something about that. And sometimes that can be a, a bit charming, you know, uh, sloppy playing. Pain, I can listen to bit. like a half a song sometimes with yeah. this record, and if and a song would often start, and I would think, oh, this is because I like I didn't hear Bowie like you said, Rob, but I heard Brian Eno for sure, and I like I thought of I heard like late 90s indie bands like mm-hmm. even like David Bazan or something that like like okay there's some touchstones here that I that I can see like might have rooted from this style but the songs like even if it started strong to me I don't think I ever got through a whole song thinking like I also was think a lot of the strong like stronger elements came from other people playing with Sid Barrett, you I, know? I won't argue that. Yeah, um, I, I, so, I, I don't think if he hadn't had people come in yeah. to like try to like make this work, it, it would have gone anywhere. Him. Like yeah. he, he, he's he's having a lot of trouble. Yeah, but uh, at this at the same time, it just it overall it just feels flat to me, and it hmm. feels a lot of times I was getting uh, feelings of like Beatles, but someone not you know, carrying through on like yeah, Beatles elements thought. and things like that. But you it was know. always like a reference to like a Beatles song that's like not necessarily my favorite style of Beatles. Right. Like exactly. I like I, I had the same thought where I was like, what, this sounds like a Ringo that's song. That's why I'm like <laughs> cur- I was curious to hear what you thought of this one because this is like it, I think this kind of stuff fits right in with that sort of Sgt. Pepper's mm-hmm. era. Agreed. Which I know you that's so high fidelity, and this is so low. Yeah, fidelity. yeah. But but is that is that the transition? He's that, suggesting that I think I'm the just, songs I'm just trying to get to production. It, what 
I, I don't know. I went into this album knowing the story. Yeah. Like, I knew the story, and I was expect like I, I knew the story. I, I've heard Piper at the Gates of Dawn. I wasn't that big of a fan of Piper at the Gates of Dawn, even though I like later Pink Floyd. So I was attributing that to Sid Barrett. So I went into this with very low expectations, and I thought it was incredibly listenable. Like mm. I, I, I found charm in in a lot of in a lot of the songs here. I, I also like. The, I, I don't think it lacks charm. I think. Like, I think that's what it has going. I think for that's it. the the, lo, the, yeah, yeah. the lo-fi a bit. Yeah, sloppy. I, you know, I think that is. The, I think that's its in strength. the story. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I do like the lo-fi I just, sloppy yeah. stuff. Yeah, me too. I just don't think that it like came together. But yeah, that's like I, I think, think like, it, it came together as much as it was gonna. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, to yeah. be fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I think it's funny because in a weird way we're saying the same thing, which is that it's like, it's got yeah, it's got some charisma and charm to it. It's just a question of. For you guys, you like it warts and all, mm-hmm. and uh, for us, we, we like we want to see it finished, or in, or we think like it's not enough. It's not, it's not enough what we have here to for for us to be signed up. Ben, does it remind you of Or? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Just an unhinged individual who is incredibly talented, but just couldn't. Yeah, which, which and, Ben loved, and yeah. I loved Or. And I did not. <laughs> I think you've got some of the like the best elements of his English There's whimsy from Piper at the Gates of Dawn, but he, really he can't even keep uh... it together enough to tell you a story about a gnome on this album. Like yeah. <laughs> he'll start with the gnome and then he'll just roll all the way through all the other parts, and you don't even know why the gnome is doing what he's doing because he's switched onto something else. I think, yeah, hey, you're there for the journey. I I hear a bit of. Um, the, the other players just not being able to even no not at all well and the thing is it, it would they be one thing best. if it was like like I was trying to say uh, before like pavement if it was like the band is together in their untogetherness disruption of the song but at the same time this always feels like they're one step behind Sid and Sid is like doing something and they're all like trying to like look and get, get his signal to you know how to do th- something. If Sid could hold together a group of players long enough for them to gel, yeah. then he'd have a a, a band. But uh, he, you, he he cannot be worked with. Do you know? Uh, it's the it's the Blair Witch element of <laughs> of how to make an album <laughs> is you just like mess with them and <laughs> in a d- disruptive way. Kind of the opposite of uh, Trout Mass Replica. Although yes. Trout Mass sounds like it, it, he's just like messing with the band. Do you know? Do, do you know about the last song that that Sid wrote for Pink Floyd? No. Oh, Co- called "Have You Got It Yet?" Have you got it yet? Yeah, yeah. And he would play it for the band, and then they'd go through it, and then he'd play it differently. <laughs> and, and, and he would just gaslight them, oh my and then God. try again, and he'd do it differently. And then they, and then they finally they put together the the name of the song. Oh my god! Have, yeah, have you have you got it yet? That's when they hired <laughs> hired a new uh, the new guitarist Gilmore. Yeah, they hired they hired Gilmore not to replace Sid Barrett, right. but just to be there playing Sid Barrett's parts and singing Sid Barrett's microphone. So when Sid Barrett decided to wander off stage, that that duty was still being covered. Oh my god! Yeah. So he would wander around stage and occasionally play along or sing along. I guess once they were they were on the road. Like leaving from like London or wherever to go play a show, and uh, someone in the band said, "Shall we pick Sid up?" And then the next guy said, oh, "Let's not bother." And and then it was just David Gilmore after that. 
That would be a very frustrating relationship. Yeah. I mean, like, because they wanted to keep him around. Care about him. At at this point, they or at that point, all they had had was Piper at the Gates of Dawn, which was mostly all Sid Barrett. So yeah. you got to think long and hard before you, you kick that guy out of the band. And, yeah. and Roger Waters and Sid Barrett were, you know, childhood friends. Yeah. Like, they, they, they grew up together. Like, and, and, and <laughs> can, I mean, can you imagine, like, being this this age and seeing your friend just absolutely, like, fall apart? Yeah, but nah, n- Knowing sure. just how talented he was, like, no, when he's on. It, brutal. It, absolutely heartbreaking. That's so, like that during the recording of this, uh, like band members would be like, "All right, what key is it in Sid?" And Sid Barrett would go, "Yeah," <laughs> <laughs> or "That's funny." <laughs> he also took a drive in his mini and then disappeared for weeks. Ended up in a Cambridge mental hospital. Yeah, that's all I heard about that story. Yeah, like, that's all it is. That story only has a beginning of an and an end. It said. Like he recorded this song and this song on this studio on this day, and then he took off for a drive in the English countryside with his Mini Cooper. Months later, they let him out of the mental institution. <laughs> right, like, like, where's the middle? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the the write up was really strange because it said over a couple days, and I was like, no, no, no not months. at all. Yeah, I got the the recording dates are 28th of May to the 5th of August. Oh my god, the next day, the next year. I mean, well, yeah, well, it, it yeah, was, so it's, maybe yeah, that's why that 68 to 69. He had three different production teams. Yeah. So the last production team, like he had two, he had one producer. Then he went AWOL for a while, came back, picked up where he left off with a different producer, who signed him with no, like I guess they said it was easy to like. Mm-hmm. They just picked him up, no problem. He's just yeah. like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Well, they were just like, yeah, we're happy to have you, Sid Barrett. <laughs> you seem like the kind of guy we want to work with. And then the final recording session was with Roger Waters and Dave Gilmore, yeah. who both have sound engineering backgrounds and were doing their best. Yeah. Pussy Willow that smiled honestly when I was alone. You promised to stun from your heart. My head kissed the ground I was half the way down Treading the sand Please Please lift a hand I'm only a person No, I, I, I think they, they did a fantastic job Yeah Because they, they didn't, like I, I guess it's kind of like trying to, like, uh, you know, hold a porcupine in your hand You know <laughs> Yeah, th- this is fine. You know, you don't don't want to hold it too tight. It's, you do not uh, you're you're going to get stung. Yeah. So like if he's if he's having all of these like, you know, erratic thoughts, like just get it on tape, get it on tape, get it on tape. Yeah. Uh, I love the song. What? Octopus? octopus? Yes. <laughs> uh, which I, I know that I said in, in our little forum thing, like yeah. uh, the words octopus and caterpillar when done <laughs> uh, in uh, it, like psychedelic verse makes me want to claw my eyes out. But Specifically, that I thought the song was great. Yeah, this was the single. I, I can see that. Yeah, he can almost strum in time on this song. <laughs> what do you guys think, Robert Kreisgau thought of this album? Loved, uh, loved it. I'm sure, he loved it. I, I know what he thought, but please, is this the new? Is this the new segment? What did Kreisgau <laughs> think? Funny, charming, catchy, whimsy at best. Uh, whimsy at its best. 
And while my super ego insists that I grade it a notch lower, I know I damn well give it. More, I know it damn well gives me more pleasure than Dark Side of the Moon. B. <laughs> so this was a this was a later uh, review. That yeah, this is like a 1981 yeah. review, I think. So it's a retrospective. I don't know what his review no at the time. Was. See, this was the only one I could find. Uh, no I think it's gonna be so hard for me to objectively, like you know, like to give our rating on this record. Yeah, let's do it let's for do it. the reason that it's like. What am I? Am I rating the music? Am I rating like the kooky story of this character and like what it took to like get this out? I just feel like when whenever every person has talked about it, it's like it's always coming hand in hand with the story, and like right. and like most of the time, I'm just trying to listen to the album. Yeah. Like because like the the premise of the book to me is like hear the album, not like music history. Like here's some fat. But the, but it is a book. Most interesting so there music is a, a, a bit of a context. story, yeah, yeah, context. So, yeah. but I ultimately like the sort of like rating is just a way that uh, I've done just so that we can like express a bit more about when are we gonna what we you know what we personally think. So I'll go yeah. first. Total negative for me. Oh! <laughs> uh, doesn't doesn't need to be listened to. I don't think that this is a. Uh, good and a lot of the songs are just kind of like hippy dippy here it is i understand like the story i get the context uh i might listen to it again just on a you know a whim just because i do like this sort of like lo-fi weirdness but at the same time it's not striking at all and yeah just the songs seem a bit uh underdeveloped i don't know how to even express it they just seemed a bit like juvenile Sounds like stuff that I play when I'm just like hamming it up and joking around. Made you record that shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Feign mental illness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, complete positive. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say uh, required listening for uh, even even out like again. I did I did not remember who Sid Barrett was when I listened to this yeah. and I uh, and I listened to it over and over again and I enjoy it even more than I did the first time and with the background story I I, th- I think it's captivating yeah it's it there is so much influence that Sid Barrett like threw out into the things that we are going to be listening to like it th- this is I don't know it, this is an important record I I didn't think I would think that yeah um, but yeah. Interesting. I'm proud of you. Will, I, I know I'm growing. I'm growing. <laughs> growing as a human. Good for you. A positive from me, I I like the lo-fi weirdness even taken separately from the, the story. I think that this album, yeah, like, like Rob said, it, it influenced a lot of stuff that was very influential to me. Uh, especially, yeah, like late 90s, like no-fi, indie, just weird bedroom recordings, all that stuff. I, I really like that stuff, and I can trace it back to, uh, among other albums, this one. And I enjoyed listening to this album. I I, uh, I don't necessarily think it's required listening. It's not beginner-level shit. It is kind of difficult, but I think it's worth it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go negative, because uh, basically, I think that... the I don't think the songs are there. Like I like Lo-Fi, too. And one of the, I think the things that's so cool about lo-fi music is that a great song can pop out of any recording. A song that has a really strong melody can sound cool however you present it. I found these songs to be very repetitive. Um, he would just keep doing the same melody over and over again. And it's like, just change one note. Like, just, just like, 
finish it. Like just do all the little work of songwriters. I didn't think the lyrics were interesting or exciting. Like if I'm going to listen to like a crazy person's record, say some crazy shit. Wes like, Willis. No, but just like, it didn't <laughs> have to be like that. I was going to yeah, say, absolutely. It, it just made me think of uh, when you were talking about uh, indie stuff or whatever, is uh, Damien Johnson. Mm-hmm. Johnson. Oh, yeah. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Johnson. Daniel Johnson. Daniel Johnson. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And I was about. like, I'm all for that kind of, you know, like, yeah. it's a bit weird. It's off. It's It has that yeah. lo-fi quality and it has a uniqueness that I didn't find. Yeah. To me, I, yeah, the word that I wrote down was remedial and it's just like i'm not hearing anything on here that is sticking out to me and i don't want to credit it just for being lo-fi yeah like and and i don't want to just go with the story only so hmm. i'm gonna give it a negative as well um there are bits and pieces of it that i think have some some interesting elements to them but i don't want to dig through a bowl of rocks to get a cheerio like the best thing you're going to get out of it is a Cheerio, which is like a palatable, interesting thing, but it's not so much that you dig through all this garbage and it's a lot of garbage. Mm. You know, you're not even getting something, you know, magical or rare mm. out of those little nuggets. You're just getting something that's yeah. edible. Worst to loot box. Yes, yeah. indeed. <laughs> Next time we'll be talking about Jethro Tall, Aqualung. All right, thanks, y'all. Hey, Aqualung. She don't like it, she don't do the stroll Well, she don't do it right Well, everything's wrong And my patience was gone When I woke one morning And remembered this song Kinda catchy I hope that she will talk to me now And even allow me to hold her hand And forget that old band I strolled around to a pad A light was off and that's bad A sister said that my girl was gone But come inside boy and play, play Play me a song, I said, yeah, here I go, she's kind of cute, don't you know?